Hey there, I'm Kyle Trigstad, politics editor for Bloomberg Government. And I'm Greg Giroux, senior elections reporter for Bloomberg Government. Check out our podcast, Down Ballot Counts. Each week, Greg and I will be breaking down all of those down ballot elections that make up the fight for the U.S. Congress. Listen and subscribe to Down Ballot Counts from Bloomberg Government wherever you get your podcasts. From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm your host, Amanda Icone. It's been a challenging year for tax accountants and their small business clients. They had to wade through the CARES Act this spring, considering which relief option to pick from, federal loans or tax benefits. And of course, the never-ending filing season that stretched into the summer. But the tax planning and preparation doesn't stop just because it's September. There are still perks in the tax code that small businesses could take advantage of this year. All those new products and processes that businesses have been testing and rolling out to adapt to the pandemic, well, it could add up to a healthy tax break that many small business owners may not be aware of. Enter the R&D tax credit. Joining me to discuss that and other tax credit options for small businesses, plus how the IRS has responded to the pandemic, is former IRS Commissioner Mark Everson, who is now a vice chairman at Alliance Group. And he served as commissioner from 2003 to 2007. Mark, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Mark, I want want to start right off with tax credits. What should small business owners be asking their tax accountants this fall as they get ready to make quarterly payments? Uh, The Congress has been generous, as we know, with a lot of short-term relief that is both for businesses and for individual taxpayers. You should sit down and work with your CPA to understand which of those provisions are the most attractive for you. The other thing I would say is go back to your CPA and say, is there anything we haven't been taking as we've gone along that's in the code as as it exists? And I'm not talking about the pandemic relief here. I'm talking about stuff that's buried in the code. And at Alliant Group, we do an awful lot of work in the research and development tax credit which is one of the most important uh, benefits that's available to businesses. Not available to all businesses, but it's available to an awful lot of businesses that may not be aware that they can take it. And it, it kicks in when you change or improve a product or a process and, and you can develop uh, some new prototypes. There's a whole host of things that you may be doing that qualify you for this pretty generous benefit. Here's the point though, think about what businesses are doing now. We're having this conversation from our homes and businesses are revising their processes because of the pandemic. So there's an awful lot of research and development that has been going on. There's been a real rupture in many businesses, Um, real changes. I wonder if you could provide an example maybe of how businesses have been changing their processes that would suddenly Um, perhaps make them eligible for this tax credit that maybe they weren't eligible for before? I think that anything you do where you're changing the way you're operating is a change in the process or should be should be looked at as as a standard. It could be it could be how you're manufacturing. It could be the kinds of products you're developing. Think about somebody who goes and uh, 
develops masks. They're suddenly selling masks or somebody who's, um, you know, there was a lot of attention to craft brewers who are doing hand sanitizer. That They had to test and do research on what it was they were developing as a product when they made those changes. So there are a lot of people, what is America at its best? We are entrepreneurial. There are a lot of people who've gotten in there and changed what they're doing and how they're doing it. And that's exactly what the R&D credit is there for. It's so that it's frankly there so that not all the masks come from China. So that's a good example of something that people should do. And let me say this, uh, that's a benefit that people can go back, they can claim for this year, but they can go back and amend earlier returns and get some much needed cash. And here's the thing, just because you looked at something four or five or 10 years ago and you reached a conclusion that you didn't qualify, that may no longer be the case based on the fact that the law has changed and also the fact that, that your business has changed. Well, and it's important to remind everyone the difference between a credit and a deduction. And when you talk about freeing up cash, that's that's king right now. I mean, businesses of all sizes and stripes are trying to manage cash keep cash in the bank, make sure they have enough cash to pay their people, to keep the lights on. Um, and so just remind everybody, what it, when we talk about a tax credit, how that works. Well, a credit is a dollar for dollar reduction of your tax obligation, which is different from a deduction from your income that then lowers your overall tax, since you're not, you're not paying 100% of your, of your income in tax. That's, that's, that's uh, it's never been the case. It's gotten high at times, but not quite that high. So, so a credit is more worthwhile. And again, remember this point, the ability to go back and then get that credit applied to earlier years where you did pay cash, that can be very, uh, very important for a taxpayer. So, so yes, that's important. And so even though that we're talking about a, a mid-year payment, they can still apply. They might still be able to reduce whatever payment they're expecting to pay this fall. It's not too late. If they're in a taxpaying position, they can offset that against what that obligation, and that can be very helpful. They can, they can be then investing in their business. There are a lot, look, there are, there are certain businesses are growing. This is a difficult environment, obviously. If you're in retail, if you're in restaurants, hospitality, think, uh, travel, this is tough. But there are some businesses are really growing and they want to be taken advantage of this too. My attitude when I was at the service, so I was, as you said, commissioner from 0307, was I wanted taxpayers to pay not more than what they owe, but what they owe. And this is the same thing. Shame on you if you're paying more than what you owe. Typically speaking, uh, the big businesses, they're taking everything they're entitled to and then some. But the smaller guys, they're not looking at some of the things they're entitled to that were frankly written into the law by Congress for them. They weren't only written in for the Intels or the Wells Fargo's, they were written in for the small guys. What other types of tax credits might small businesses not even be aware that they could be eligible for? What? Give me an example. I, I think that they can be looking at some of the some of the energy areas or some labor credits. There are things that are also done at the state level. All of these, it, it all varies. We have, remember, we have a system that has both federal and state taxing authorities. Most of the state taxing authorities, um, they start with the federal income and they adjust from there. But here, it's important to check with your state taxing authority as well to see 
what you're entitled to. And then again, there are provisions that are stuck in there. Tax incentives run to specific industries. So it can depends on where, where and what you're doing business. Again, as we started out, but to have that, have that conversation. Don't say to yourself, uh, I don't want to call Emily because I'm going to get a bill. Uh, Emily is, is uh, going to sit there and say to you, no, I'm sorry, I really, based on what I are, or yes, but it's been a couple of years since we really talked. And you know, by the way, the state put in something that's more generous here um, on your kind of industry because they do want to help. I wanted to ask you about your thoughts on how the IRS has responded to the pandemic so far, how you think they're doing. I mean, the, the virus has uh, unleashed unprecedented challenges for the IRS. It's forced the agency to move its entire workforce remote, then bring them back. At one point, they had amassed like something like 12 million pieces of mail that had been unopened. Some of these were payments and refunds um, that caused months of, of, of delays. What, what is your assessment? How has the agency done in, in coping over the last few months? Well, first, on the, on the uh, positive side, of the ledger, uh, they should get a lot of credit for, for getting out all those checks, getting out all those payments to the individuals, because it was something like 170, 180 million uh, individual disbursements. That's a lot. And I think they, they did a great job of doing that. Now, there were some several million of hard to do transactions. And there's a trade-off between getting things out quickly and nailing down all of those um, very intricate transactions. I, I didn't get one, fortunately or unfortunately, I didn't qualify, but depending uh, how you look at it. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I made a mistake. I uh, My mother died last year and I closed her bank account in, in a couple of months. If I hadn't, she probably would have gotten a check. But anyway, uh, you know, there were some mistakes here or some things that were difficult, but you've got to give them very high marks for getting that relief out quite promptly. Now, you made reference to the correspondence. That's a real problem, Amanda. Going back to my mother, we filed a return in the middle of June um, and sent. I sent a check, owed $193. I sent it to the service and then in August, I got a notice saying that I owed not $193, but $195.40 because I'd never paid the $193. You, you owed a penalty. Check. So I've now sent them another check. And now neither the June check nor the August check have been cashed. So yes, they're in a terrible way. They are in a terrible shape on handling manual transactions. That was Mark Everson, Vice Chairman and Alliance Group and a former IRS Commissioner. You can find up to the minute news on the latest tax and accounting developments at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website once again is news.bloombergtax.com. And if you have any thoughts about today's podcast, reach out to us on Twitter. We use the handle at tax, that's at T-A-X. Talking Tax is produced by me, Amanda Icone, and David Schultz. Kathy Larson is our editor. 
Special thanks to Allie Rusprill for her assistance this week. Thanks for tuning in to Talking Tax. From Washington, I'm Amanda Icon. When it comes to the environment, there are, let's say, a lot of moving parts. Climate change, air pollution, water pollution, chemical contamination, endangered species, renewable energy, super fun, asbestos, recycling, lead, mold, radon, stormwater. That's where Parts Per Billion comes in. Join me, David Schultz, on the Parts Per Billion podcast every Wednesday to sort out everything that's going on in the environment, from the courts to Congress to your backyard. Download and subscribe to Parts Per Billion wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for listening.